0: welcome to two for brew episode 11 a podcast about two guys who travel the southland finding breweries and doing the hard work to find the best beer so you don't have to new episodes drop every thursday please hit subscribe if you like what you hear and don't forget to give us that five-star rating Just a reminder, this podcast is uh, a discussion of adult beverages in detail. It's it's intended for those of legal drinking age. Please drink responsibly, and if you think you have a drinking problem, go to AAA.org. Oh, actually, go to AA.org. AAA would be a different place uh, and get more information.
1: I'm Todd Brinker. And I'm Tobin Brinker, and this week we visited Storytellers Brewing, which is located at 109 North Maple Street, Unit C, in Corona. And we had... A fun adventure, let me tell you. Yeah, it was a great outing.
0: And um, part of what makes it great is Storytellers is Caddy Corner across the parking lot from Skyland. So there's two different breweries there, and we'll talk about Skyland next week. But it's nice because they're both different. They have different beers. They complement each other well. And they both had food servers, so you had two options with your food since they don't – neither of them uh, have their own kitchen. Right,
1: and and – We've done this before. We found uh, locations where they kind of co-locate mm-hmm. these little breweries. And I like that model because I think that it gives people – like like you, you, you feel like there's a lot more to choose from. And mm-hmm. you, you just – it makes it for a more fun evening, I think. Right.
0: Well, if, uh, a la Route 30 and Thompson Brewing over in Riverside. Yep. Actually, these guys are even closer than that because they literally are in the same parking lot. Um, right. just kind of walk. And, and, and these right. are the
1: ones that are closest to your house.
0: This, yeah, this these is, are this is like your local. Yeah, these are kind of my home breweries, you know. And uh and I got to say full disclosure here. The first time I went to Storytellers, I walked in, looked at the menu and went, eh, I don't think there's really anything here. Let's walk over and see what the other one has and we ended up going to the other one. Um then when we came back the next time, uh went over and tried some of the the brews at Storytellers and boy, I blew it the first time cuz they've got some good beers. They do.
1: They yeah. do. And uh, they really have a high level of craftsmanship, and I'm I'm excited to talk right. about some of the yeah. interesting things that they do. Because yeah. by the way, when I plus. said I
0: blew it, that wasn't a slight against um uh against Skyland. We had a great time at Skyland too, and they also have some great beers. So yeah. I think you know, two good options here. There's no loser. Um yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think that um the uh the brewmaster at Storytellers. Has just some real skills and and some subtlety that he puts into his beers and his flavors, that um, you know we've we've seen places where it's been done very heavy heavy handed ham fisted, you know especially when you're trying to do something and you're you're blending in, uh, you know the flavor of something other than just regular a uh, uh, beer, you know it's more than just uh, barley hops and 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 it, so you've got you know chocolates and vanillas and fruits and things like that and in this case even some tea. Uh, in two different cases, and
1: and to do that successfully shows really a fine touch. So so I'm looking at the Storyteller's website, and at the top it says, Slow Down, it's Porch Time, and it's Storyteller's Brewery and Meeting House, and it says, We Make Friends and Good Beer. Actually, it and- doesn't say Meeting House. It says Brewery and Meat House.
0: And the reason I say that is because it's, it's not meat as in, like, Chuck Wagon. It's meat as we will meet you there and have a great time. Thank you for correcting me. Okay.
1: My point yeah. is, is that, that, yeah. that I think that, that, you know, if you read their story of how they got started, um, you know, that part of the idea is that, you know, people are going to sit around and tell stories and, and enjoy each other's company mm-hmm. while you're having a, having a good beer. Yeah. And their beers actually, I think, encourage you to have a conversation about them because mm-hmm. they are so unusual like the the, the, the mm-hmm. thought process that goes into you mentioned the ones with tea um i would have never thought to mix a tea with a beer it just yeah. would not have entered would yeah. not have entered my thought processes at but all it kind of
0: makes sense right i mean there's plenty of beers out there that have coffee infused in them yeah. so so why not try one with a tea and these yeah. guys tried not just one but but two at least when we were in there. And they are fairly experimental. So I will say the one thing about this is if these kinds of beers are of an interest to you as a listener and you want to you know, get over there and try, but come back on a regular basis because they yeah. change what they've got because they, they're doing new and interesting things all the time. So what you see on the menu right now may not necessarily be
1: what's there, you know, a month from now. Um So storytellers you know, is definitely more more experimental than a lot right. of places. Like yeah. they really are sort of trying to sort of push the envelope and, and I think give you something to talk about. Right. You know? Well,
0: and I think they're a true craft brewer in that everything yeah. is done small batch. And so, yep. you know, it's like, this is good. Uh, when it's gone, it's gone and we're going to try something else. Now that doesn't mean that if they don't make, if they make something that, that really sold well, that they're not going to, you know, make another batch of that. They will, they're not, you know, they're not crazy. They have a business to run, but, yes. um, but, uh, you know, they, they all seem to, to have a desire to sort of, Um, not sit on their laurels you know they want to um, uh, try new things and push like you said push the conversation about what is a beer and what is a good beer and and what can what different flavors and smells that you can put into that um, through some very you know uh, uh, careful well thought out brewing because they do a heck of a job
1: so So, todd we 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 parked our car between the two locations we did we got out of the car, and what was your first impression of Storytellers before you even saw it when we got out of the car last night?
0: Oh, yeah, last night? Yeah, before you saw it, you smelled it. And that had nothing to do with the brew. It had to do with their their food vendor. Yeah. Um, uh, Bee's Barbecue. And let me tell you, as as any good wood barbecue uh, will, will tell you or advertise to you, it's all about the nose, man. Whichever right. way the wind was blowing, that's where the advertisement was going. <laughs> and and you, you, there was a little bit of a breeze last night. And, uh, in fact, it was actually a cool breeze. We had to uh, After we ordered food, while you were waiting for the food, I ran and got
1: jackets because it was a little chilly. Autumn has kind of hit, hit us, you know. It, it has definitely arrived. Um, mm-hmm. What was interesting to me is we, we, we went in to Storytellers. We got our, mm-hmm. our drinks set up, and we kept smelling the barbecue. Yeah. And the other place had a really good food vendor, too. And we'll talk about that when we do that episode. Right. But, you know, once you smell good barbecue, you, you really got to have it. Yeah. Right? It was it was pretty so, much like I don't care what they have at the other place. I'm having barbecue. Well, and,
0: yeah. and we were tasting beer while we're sitting there smelling the you know, as they're <laughs> as they're getting the the, the uh, pit going and the, the wood in there. And, you know, and he's using uh, what was it? Cherry wood. And was it pecan? yes yeah and so he uses a mix of a couple different woods and you know if you've ever done any kind of grilling or any kind of um uh smoking of things um the smell of those those different hardwoods and stuff just uh they get my taste buds going um i do want to talk briefly about the layout of the place too though yeah um the uh when you come into um storytellers it's typical of a lot of microbreweries in that they've got an area sort of uh, walled off slash sectioned off, but you can see where they've got all their big vats and where things are yeah. fermenting and aging and, you know, and their wash, you know, their whole process is sort of there. It's, you know, you can see it. You can't really walk through it, but you can see it. Um, they used to basically be just an outside seating area and a, and, a, and a serving area. They've now expanded and have a very large inside seating area. Um, it's almost all um, uh, bar stool seating and picnic table seating. So for me with a back problem, Long period of time sitting there would have been a problem in that yeah. I want something to support my back a little bit, but other than that, it was pretty much standard, um, um
1: you know, brew pub setup, um, for, for microbrew. And they, uh, they did have a, yeah. a projector though that projected up on the wall, so they the, did the, the, instead of having the television, a big screen TV, they had a projector that projected large on the wall so people could see. Uh, and I think it was sports, one of the sports games that yeah. was showing last. Yeah, night. there
0: was another TV in there on the other side too, on the back side of one of the walls. So there yeah. was a regular television. But yeah, that's you know, so you can put it up big on the wall. And they had a large. It was weird because they, when you came in, there was a ceiling that looked like it was maybe twenty feet high, and then about halfway back through the depth of the room, it dropped down maybe ten feet, and then so then the ceiling was only about ten feet high. But the wall of that area where it dropped down was just a big white wall, and so that's where they projected. So they had this huge area where they could you know project. Uh, whatever they were you know whatever was going on and and so um you know last night we were there a little uh, we were there a little before the Laker game started, but i 'm sure like most places they probably had you know sports going on. Um, yeah. I think they actually had the uh, Houston Red Sox game going on they did because th- that game had already started
1: um, uh, and so
0: um, so yeah. you
1: you and i are are kind of students of the the beer trade we we 're learning a lot and we'd like to ask yeah. lots of questions um, but last night we were also. Uh, for a little while, students of the barbecue game, and the oh, owner yeah. of these Roland Barbecue is Eric Burnell. and he was very proud to show us his rig. Oh yeah, and, and just such a process. friendly guy too. You know, right. talking. I mean,
0: it's like we showed just a little bit of interest, and he was like, "Oh yeah, here, let me show you." And how I got the, you know, because I mean, that's not a cheap setup. He had a beautiful mm-hmm. big trailer with a uh, an offset smoker and a direct heat section of it. Um, with the firebox, and it was just, you know, and it's all on wheels. He had a triple sink and a prep place and a fryer on the backside. So, I yep. mean, you know, he had a whole rolling kitchen there, and it was quite the setup. It was very impressive, and uh, but more importantly was what came out of that kitchen, yeah. and how would you describe that? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go right back to very impressive, you know. Yeah, I, um, I was. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, he's got the whole smoking thing down. Now, he was doing tri-tip. Uh, some places uh, will do, like, a brisket, and, you know, obviously, if you're going to do a brisket, you, it's a big chunk of meat, so you got to start that way early. The tri-tips are smaller, but, oh, man, that was just so so good. Um, generally, tri-tip, I think, is a little bit more expensive cut than the brisket is, too. Yeah. Um, uh, but it cooks faster, and that was delicious, and we ended up both getting... I know we're going on to the food before we even talk about the beer, um, but... Um, the uh, uh mac and cheese with the tri-tip chopped up on top of it and, and then, then we, we got a side of burnt ends yeah and they had two different kinds of burnt ends they had beef burnt ends i think there's rib meat and then they had uh pork belly burnt ends which it, people who go pork belly and don't know what it is they go, ooh pork belly it's bacon it's basically bacon. this it's the cut that would be bacon and so um that was you know chopped into chunks and then um uh, uh, smoked and barbecued and uh, actually I think he smokes it and barbecues it first and then chops it into chunks but then Amazing. gives it a nice coating of some good, good barbecue sauce and dang.
1: <laughs> so so it was too much food for us to eat and I brought yeah. mine home and uh, uh, it was devoured quite quickly by my wife. She was like, what's that? Mm. Oh. <laughs>
0: yeah, well so we got home kind of late last night because we were having a good time and my wife's an early riser so she was in bed but I told her being the gentleman that i am that she's welcome to take those leftovers as a lunch she takes her lunches uh when she she works at a school uh she's a teacher and so i said you know what you want to take that on monday you can have i will share my barbecue with you
1: and uh she was like okay (laughs) it took no convincing whatsoever yeah Um, i I didn't eat mine mine barely even made it to the refrigerator before (laughs) it was like oh no no no, i'll take that now yeah she's like yeah
0: yeah that uh that smells really good coming in um, right. Yeah it was it was good um, You know kudos to those folks uh, At, at bees that they um, You know it was well set up and it, right next to the Big rig they had an easy up that was Fully tented so they could do like uh, Take your orders and do um, food Prep and stuff and you know I mean yeah. here in, in The autumn there, you know it's cool enough there's not like Any bugs and stuff out but they're set up for You know year round work and yeah. uh, And so they've got that tent for Doing some of the prep work and stuff too So
1: so let's talk, let's talk about the beer now, because that's really what the show yeah. is all beer? about. And <laughs> we, had, we had a really great representation. We basically said, uh, let's mm-hmm. get one of everything, you know. Yeah. And they, they did not yeah. have it set. They sell the five-ounce drink. Yeah, they sell five-ounce uh, yeah, drink five drinks, but they don't but do they, flights. They don't have the, yeah, they don't do flights. And yeah. so they didn't have, like, a, a special mm-hmm. tray or d- display model. Yeah. But we
0: figured yeah. it out. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We basically just went down their list and said, we'll take a five-ounce of this, 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 this. I mean, they had like eight beers, and then they had like a, four versions of a specialty beer. And so we said, give us the eight beers uh, as a five-ounce drink. And, you know, it was funny because he, he was saying that they don't have uh, – but correct me if I'm wrong. I thought he said they're they're looking to get some custom-made, like, platters, but he they did. just don't have them yet. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, they're growing. They're expanding. Like I said, they were not that long ago just a, a serving – uh, bar and and outdoor seating, and now they've got this big indoor area as well. So uh, you know that's good to hear; they're doing well. Um, but it's not surprising given the the beers that they've got that they're doing well.
1: Yeah, um, and and he he accidentally uh, poured one other beer that we didn't ask for, right? Uh, that was from the specialty list, and he says, "I'll oh, just take that one." And so we ended up with nine nine beers to try, yeah. and uh, very very good representation. And then we yeah. did them in our own order. Um, we kind of looked at them and went sort of from the the palest to the darkest, right? Um, with a couple of that we knew that would be a little bit uh, stronger flavors. The IPAs at the end, mm-hmm. um, and our first beer was the New England Pale Ale, which mm-hmm. was a 6.1 ABV, and I thought mm-hmm. this was a really interesting starter for us. Um, yeah,
0: very was very, very clear. I mean, pale is the right word here. This was a very um, very pale, yellow, clear, um, translucent. Beer, it, no, was no clear. it was
1: not It was. It was not clear at all, Todd. The New England. Oh, was that? The, I thought that was, was a, the cloudy one. Okay, I'm. I'm confusing my notes. Then I. This apologize. is the one where you you thought I think that this one was lemon, and I thought this one was orange, uh-huh. but it definitely has. Oh, definitely, a, yeah. A strong citrus, um, uh, mm-hmm. scent to it. And um, I thought that the balance was really good on this one.
0: I did, too. Um, I mean, I, it was that, that, that citrusy smell, almost like the rind of the citrus rather than the yeah. juice of the citrus, right? With, a, a, you know, a very kind of tart start to a very
1: clean finish. Oh my God, our notes are op- op- opposite on this yeah. one. I, I said this one had a really nice front end with a kind of a, litter, a bitter lingering taste at the end. <laughs> really? And see, I didn't get that at all with it. In fact, oh. I, I thought it was a great version of
0: the style and scored it 3.5. I, I gave it a 3.5 as well, but uh-huh. uh, it's so it's, funny. It's so funny, yeah. Very different perspectives on <laughs> it. Um, I, I I mean, both ended up giving it a 3.5, which is what, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, for us, a 3 is a a solid drinkable beer, something you'd go back to. Um, yeah. Not necessarily that you're, uh, you know, the, the best beer of the day, but it was just, a, you know, a good solid beer. Um, and yeah. I do think when we're doing this, too, there's always that sort of, that little bit of, well, the first beer can't be the best beer because yeah. I've got all these other beers, so I can't give it a perfect score yet, you know. And then we got to come back, but I think yeah. this was fair, even after having gone through everything else. I think I would get,
1: still give this a three point five. Yeah, no, I I thought this was a really solid solid right. beer as well. I'm very pleased with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and again, it's it's one that you know historically, and we, we're starting to learn to change our language a little bit.
1: But yeah. historically,
0: we would look at that and say, "Oh, it's probably not the style that we're going to like that much." But as we've we've really kind of come to learn, it's more this was a really good version of that kind of style, and I did yeah. like it. Whereas yeah. I've had lots of you know uh, pale ales that I didn't care for, um, you know, and a New England a pale ale versus a West Coast. IPA. I mean, there's all these. You know, and IPA stands for, uh, you know, an India Pale Ale. India Pale Ale. Or an, uh, yeah, yeah. Or it's stylistically they're they're using names to call things certain things, and not all of these names that you're getting from uh, pubs actually refer to a different style of beer that was made differently. They're naming it, trying to describe what they perceive their beer as.
1: Um, so the the, yeah. the first two, the pale ale, and then we had right after that a West Coast IPA, mm-hmm. very very similar right. um, beers, but I actually liked the West Coast IPA a little bit better, which was I, the second one. Ironically, I did too. To
0: me, it had a little bit more of a sweeter nose, kind of an appley smell instead of a citrusy spell smell to me. Um, I thought it had a similar taste, but it seemed to be a little bit heartier, richer kind of mid uh, drink and mouth feel. And yeah, uh, I, I gave this one a four.
1: I did, too. This one, I thought mm-hmm. this was a, a, a richer beer, kind of a, mm-hmm. a smoother flavor uh, that the foam on the beer, the the head stayed a little bit longer. And it, it kind of when you tip the, the glass back, you watch that sort of rich foam kind of drip down the side. Right. Um, it had a, a nice mouthfeel with just a little bit of sweetness that the other one didn't have. And you said apple. I'm not sure I got apple, but but there was definitely mm-hmm. a sweetness there. Um, right, and it also I thought had maybe a little bit of a sharper flavor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, when you're talking IPAs, you get like, like a hit of that bitter, but then mm-hmm. there was that na- nice little sweet finish. I don't know. I, I just liked it. I thought they whatever they did on this one was right. just a just a little notch above. So I gave it a four. Right, West, and I did West the West exact Coast. same thing. I think that what we're seeing right here,
0: just in these first two beers, was already the craftsmanship in yep. being able to get the subtlety. In the difference between the two beers of similar styles, but just um, um, a, you know, a, a, clearly a different expression of that beer because it had a different nose, had a different mouthfeel, had a different taste, and, and yet you could tell
1: they were related. You know, they were yes. similar
0: types of beers. Yeah, just just one, real one of the good things...
1: touch. One of the things that you and I sometimes do is we kind of argue with each other or debate with each other about what's that flavor, right? Right. Yeah. Or smell. You know. We'll hand it back and forth. What are you smelling? What are you tasting? Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because I had one that um, I, you know, smelled it, and I it was not a what you would call a complimentary smell. I think. Yeah. But I gave it back to you, you said, that's not what I'm smelling. I smelled it again and went, nope, that's exactly what it smells like to me. Now that said, <laughs> it didn't taste like that. I thought it tasted pretty good and I actually liked the beer, but the smell to me, I mean, I, we'll get to the beer when we get there, but to me, it smelled like like dirty socks, which is yeah. not a positive way to nope. describe something that you're trying to tell people, hey, you might like this. It smells like, yeah. you know, stinky feet. Um, but you know, there's people yeah. who like stinky cheeses that are amazing, right? And And the smell is smells like dirty socks you know so um so i don't mean that as a knock it just it came across with a a strange smell to me that i didn't expect um and and i i don't remember exactly which one we'll see when we get there on my notes but uh next up with a west coast ipa um this was an abv of uh 7.3 and uh no we already did the west coast IPA. next up was the imperial lager that was a um uh, with orange blossom and honey. So Imperial Lager with orange blossom and honey, 8.5 um, uh, IBUs. I'm sorry. No, ABV. Uh, ABV. they didn't have the IBUs. Boy, I'm just, just all over the place today, aren't I? Um, to me, uh, you very quickly smelled the honey. Um, like the nose smelled honey to me. And it was a noticeably finer carbonation than the other two. Um, and it sort of had that sort of Imperial... Uh, start that kind of gave way to a honey finish. Uh, again, very subtle blending of flavors. Um, I didn't care for this quite as much because the honey uh, was present and I just, uh, me and honey and beer, it's like, you know, if you're going to do um, um, what was the, the old English drink that was made? Mead. If you're going to do mead, yeah. great, do mead. But this wasn't mead. It was you know, like a essence O oh honey into the into the uh to the beer and it wasn't bad didn't distract but i gave it a three overall i just didn't think it was as good as the previous two
1: yeah so this this one had a a really sort of rich orange color mm-hmm. um I, I it was a little flatter the carbonation seemed like it wasn't quite there um and for me mm-hmm. you you say there was the honey thing for me i would call it more the floral the floral scent the floral mm-hmm. flavor um i'm not a fan of that you know yeah. and um so if it had been more just like a pure honey scent or pure honey flavor, I probably would have right. liked it more. But there was a floral part to it that just didn't yeah. quite sit. Well, I like honeys. Yeah. In fact, I collect honeys. There's a local
0: farmer's market here in Corona where you can get local honey and you can get, you know, orange blossom honey where the bees were set up in an orange grove. And so, you know, you yeah. have a very sort of citrusy overtones in that honey because it's. Orange yeah. blossoms and, and then there's clover honey and there's, you know, there's lots of, I mean, you can, you can dive into honey as deep as you can dive into beers uh, in terms yes. of different things that are out there. Um, and I generally like that, but I just didn't feel like it, it um, it's a good representation of what it was, but it's not something that I, I cared for too much. There was something about the sweetness yeah. with it that just, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with so you. I-
1: yeah. I gave it a three. I, I don't think it's a bad beer. I think I, I, this is right in the middle. It's a kind of a beer that a lot of people are going to like this beer. Yeah. For me, who's not really a fan of that that uh, floral aspect, I thought mm-hmm. that was just a little bit of a t- – took it down just a notch for me. I would have preferred if I didn't have the floral part and had just the straight honey. Yeah, yeah
0: see, and it's funny because I tasted honey. I didn't taste floral really at all. My notes wow. didn't talk about floral. It just – the honey was what I smelled. The honey is what I tasted. Um, yeah. You know, and – I mean, you know, we each get out of it what we get, and that's why there's two of us talking about this. I do want to take just a quick second, too, because the first two were ales. This was a lager. Um, We're trying to do a little bit to share with people what lagers are. Now, lager uses a different type of yeast than the ales, and it tends to be a a, a cold process. And so the maturation is usually in a cold storage, so it's cooler because the yeast— uh, needs a little bit cooler temperatures, and it tends to be a bottom-fermenting yeast rather than a top-fermenting yeast. So it's just how the yeast reacts to the starches and sugars that are released from your um, from your mix. And um, I like lagers. Lagers are you know a, a whole j- yeah. genre that's different than ales. Those are like the two big genre of beer is you know ales and lagers. And then there's lots of variations of them. You can get a lager, pale, amber, or dark. Um, I'm a big fan of the dark... Uh, lagers that are like Oktoberfest type beers like Marzins Yeah. Um and uh and so uh, anyhow just so you understand that, that you know that's kind of where we're coming from with these different when we talk about the the ale versus uh lager and there's all kinds of different ales you know there's pale ales and you know and we've already had here a New England pale ale versus a West Coast IPA um you know and uh and so I just want to make sure
1: everybody was you know
0: on that page
1: so yeah um, next so up. The, the next one was a Saison and mm-hmm. you and I both got kind of excited about this because, uh, in our last episode, we had a Saison that we both really liked yeah. and kind of wanted to do a little, you know, like what's, I wonder how, what this guy's going to give us because it's, a, it can be a really mm-hmm. interesting style of beer. Um, it tends to have, uh, um, some spices to it that you don't get maybe with other yeah
0: beers. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a French-style beer. It's a pale ale, so it's an ale beer. Um, by the way, you also see a lot of ales at microbreweries because ales do also, in addition to fermenting warmer, ferment faster. So they can turn over their beers more quickly. Some lagers, I mean, there's some quicker lagers, but some lagers take quite a while where it's literally lagered, where it's just stored in, in a cool place for a long period of time. And, you know, if you're running a business, you don't want a whole bunch of your inventory sitting in a vat somewhere waiting to be ready. And so that's part of the reason you see a lot of ales at, um, at places. But the Saison is a is a, um, a French and, and a Belgian uh, beer originally. And, um, yeah, you know, it's uh, typical that it's it's they, that they malt in some additional um, uh, grain, So it's not just yeah. uh, the, the barley and the hops. And um, we were at one the other day where they used rye, which was really interesting. in fact, we weren't. We kept trying to, you know, like, what is the spices in there? And the brewmaster kind of laughed and went, "Yeah, there's no spices in there. That's just the process." Um, yeah, you know, also showing a deft hand. And uh, you know, uh, you know, for me, this was okay. It wasn't great. It was a kind of typical saison. Cez- has a very kind of specific, like you said, sort of uh, spicy to it you know it's traditionally a farm french farmhouse ale you know and um you know it's it's typically kind of spicy peppery and to me this was okay it kind of had a little bit of a bitter start to it but other than that it was it was um you know a solid beer again if you like the style this is a perfectly good rendition of this style i gave it three so it's not like it was a bad beer it was a good drink it just wasn't uh to me, there was nothing that like went wow, stands out, you know. And uh, we just had a say song that we thought was pretty interesting. So I was excited to see this one. And when I drank it, it was like I wasn't disappointed, but it was like eh, okay. Uh, I
1: I will say I was a little disappointed. I yeah. I gave this one a two point five. Um, something was a little bit off for me with this one, and I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I can't quite place it. I, I put a question mark next to the the for me carbonation level. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. comfortable with how it was how they did the carbonation, um, and. I got a bitterness and almost a metallicness to mm-hmm. the flavor, and I've had a few beers that have been like that, and I'm not sure what causes that, but it just, it yeah. didn't quite, it didn't quite feel right to me. So it's a, it's a two and a half for me. Um, uh, you know, I thought it had an interesting mouthfeel. Yeah. Um, I thought there were some, there were some elements of it that were, were good. Yeah. But I. Well, this just, is the one
0: that I thought the the nose was weird on. This is the one where yeah. I I said smells like um, uh, dirty socks. And I think that was sort of the breadiness of it, you know, but it just, um, I didn't get that sense when I was drinking it, but the smell was a little off, but, um, I thought it was okay. I, you know, I thought it was a solid beer. So, I mean, we're half, we're half point off. We've been much further off other times. So (laughs) yeah, well, and actually today
1: we've been pretty, pretty much spot on with where we've been. So yeah, so far. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, next up,
0: let's see, what do we move on to? Oh, we did the milkshake IPA. And they specifically said aged on strawberries and vanilla. Right. Okay. So that says 6.0. that it was brewed as a milkshake IPA. And then they added strawberry. At least it implies that they added the strawberries and vanilla after that process to give it that sort of sense. Yeah. And it was 6.0 ABV. Yeah. Um, what'd you think?
1: I kind of love this beer. <laughs> yeah. I really did. Yeah. Um, this was a cloudy beer. It, it had mm-hmm. a really nice scent. Very sort of a strong, clean strawberry and vanilla. Yeah, smell you smelled the fruit and, right up front. And flavor. I, I mm-hmm. mean, I just – I thought that this one was a really good marriage of of a fruit and a beer, and that's mm-hmm. a hard thing to do. And and we've talked about this. That right. Some of them come out way towards the, the fruit juice side. This one really didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and while it's called an IPA, I didn't get the kind of bitterness that you often mm-hmm. get with an IPA. Um, and I just felt, felt like yeah. they – they nailed this one for me. Yeah. This was I a thought really it was there, but I solid you know, beer.
0: this one also had fine carbonation. In fact, I got to say, overall, this brewery, their beers, you know, they weren't all the exact same bubbliness. There was a yeah. different mouthfeel from beer to beer because the carbonation was different in each of them, um, yeah. which, again, I think shows an intention to detail. You know, not everything comes out with the, you know, it's more than just the flavor excuse me, more than just the flavors, it's it's it was that mouthfeel. And here there was a lot of variation. So there was a fine carbonation, definitely had that fruity front taste, and then had a nice clean finish so that it didn't like you said, didn't have that sort of IPA finish where you're kind of going You yeah. know, it what it was, there was no tartness there. Um you know, this is one where I actually in my notes put the word wow. I was yeah. I was surprised and, and pleasantly so um about that beer. And uh, So I gave it a yeah. four
1: but I'll tell you, as I've been thinking back on it, I probably mm-hmm. might have given it a four and a half because I really—it's
0: a memorable beer.
1: It was a yeah. good, memorable beer.
0: Yeah, no, they did a really good job on that. And again, just the subtlety of being able to mix these flavors. And again, you know, we've talked about uh, some of the fruity beers that we've had taste like fruit juice, and they yep. happen to be bubbly. And, you know, you almost think like, well, somebody took some juice and just poured a little beer into it and said, here you go. Here's a fruit beer. Right. And and <laughs> that's not the case here. These are just really, really, I mean, they're good, solid beers with this essence of these different flavors added in. And the next one up was another one where they added in, um, you know, something that's kind of subtle flavoring into an IPA beer. It was a peach tea IPA. So it wasn't just peach, peach yep. tea. now. There was a time not so long ago when peach tea was just like the hot item, right? You could yep. go buy a, a can of peach tea as easily as buy a can of Diet Coke somewhere at your 7-Eleven. And multiple brands of it, right? Arizona people made tons off Arizona's peach tea. Um, yes, they you know, did. And it's either something you like or something you don't. I've got a daughter who hates peaches. You're kind of that way. You're not real fond of the peach tea thing, right? No. no. Um, I liked peach tea. And when you smelled this beer, you definitely had that peach front end to it, but there was tea there too, you know? And in Uh fact, when when I drank it, you definitely got the same thing. In fact, very similar to the milkshake IPA we just talked about, where the front end, you kind of get this peach infusion into a really good IPA that's not over the top, you know, in its its bitterness. And then as it finished, you kind of got the tannins from the tea. And yep. so it was definitely peach tea, in embedded into this really tasty IPA. I actually like this more than the milkshake IPA. I gave this one the 4.0. Wow,
1: I, I these the the milkshake and the peach tea IPA are real amazing examples of just great craftsmanship. I made comments right. all over my notes here about the craftsmanship. This is the one you want to sit down with this guy and just say, mm-hmm. how did you think of this? How did you do this? Right. I've never heard. You know, it just really is just yeah. interesting. And wow. Good beers. Yeah.
0: Good, What's, good beers. Yeah. You okay. kind of want to quiz them on the process. By the way, the peach tea is part of their B-Sides Brew Team specialty brews. Uh, it was not one of the ones we ordered. That was the one that they accidentally filled up for us. And right. then they went, well, just keep it. You know, we'll give you the eight you asked for and you just keep that one. We already poured it. We can't do anything with it. You know, don't want to waste it. And, and so, what, a, what a treat. Yeah, I was like, wow I don't think I mentioned, by the way, that one is a 6.4 ABV Or maybe I did But, um, yeah. And I did notice all of their beers that we tasted Or not all, but a large number of their beers that we tasted Were sort of in the 6 and 7 range On ABA, ABV So they're a little bit higher I think there was one, yeah the the uh, We haven't gotten to the uh, English Pale with Earl Grey Was a 5.3 Everything else was 6 or higher So their alcohol yeah. content's a little higher than some of the places we've been at But you didn't taste it And feel like you were, you know uh, sipping a glass of rubbing alcohol or anything, you didn't. It didn't. Right. That wasn't an overpowering flavor in anything. It just is, is where things um, balance out in their brewing. And, so, so the next uh, the next yeah.
1: beer was that English ah, pale ale with yes. Earl Grey. Beak of the devil. And I, I, you know, again the artistry. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote to myself. Tea, tea. Oh my God, tea and beer. I yeah. mean, what a miraculous blend. Um, and and I, I felt myself asking, is this tea or is this beer? Um mm-hmm. and, and the skills that it takes to blend these two flavors. Yeah. Wow. Um yeah. but I'm gonna I'm gonna say to our listeners, I am not a tea drinker and so I can I can admire this for the mm-hmm. the, the skills to make it and say, Wow, the flavors are definitely there. Mm-hmm. Not the flavors that I would be ordering, because again I'm not a tea guy. Right. But man. Yeah, they, again, they, it was, I'm amazed at it. I'm, yeah, I'm at this point, we're
0: you know we're we're what like uh, five or six beers into it, seven beers into it, and um and yeah, it just we just keep going like wow, how do they get all of that subtlety of flavor into there and still not lose the fact that it's a beer. You know, yeah. and that it, and it tastes right and correct in that configuration. Because again, you smell tea when you, when you put your nose yep. into it, right? And, and when you, you're tasting it, it's got that pinpoint carbonation that gives you that very specific mouth feel. And yeah. you're like, huh, this is really interesting. Yeah, I put an asterisk at this point going like, this is the best place I've been for infusing flavors into beers. Right. Uh, because they just seem to have a real touch. And this English Pale with Earl Grey is a fairly dark beer. Now it's not the darkest beer we got to, but it's fairly dark, and we've been going from light to dark. So as you, you know, the peach tea was sort of a a mid amber or a little bit of a dark amber, um, you know, and the milkshake IPA was a little lighter than that. It was a cloudier, but a little bit lighter overall color. By the time we get to this this English Pale with Earl Grey, I don't know if it's the tea or what that got the brought the darkness out because we had an English Pale earlier, and um, or we had other Pale Ales that were lighter. But um, it's starting to look a little darker, by the way. I gave this one a yeah. three point five. Um, you know, I do same, occasionally same. drink tea, and it was
1: just like, just like holy moly, they, they really have a touch here.
0: Really have a yeah. good,
1: subtle touch. Uh, my wife is a tea drinker, mm-hmm. and I kind of want to just take her there and get her thoughts on this because it's yeah yeah kind so of she can amazing. have the Earl Grey, she could have the peach tea. What kind right. of tea
0: would you like in your beer?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like we'll so, we'll make one up for you. We'll we'll find one you like. The the next one was a mm. Belgian double, and this was, yeah. I think, the highest alcohol content. This was an eight mm-hmm. percent, and um, this it wasn't this the was highest. A, the stout was actually higher. Oh, you're right. Okay, I'm sorry, but yeah, um, this was
0: high. Yeah, they they this is the highest we've had up to this point, I think.
1: Yeah, and this mm-hmm. one's darker. Like, so now now yeah. it's looking like a a brown beer, almost more to a red beer. It's 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 uh-huh. kind of in that range. Um, yeah, I, I had some issues with this one a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. There was a, a sweet plum or kind of raisin scent to it that, yeah. that I was sort of struggling with. I felt like the 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 carbonation level was a little too flat for me, um, mm-hmm. and, and I wrote – not my favorite flavor profile. Yeah. I, I did, it was just something that didn't quite sit right with the yeah. other than this one. But I think for that style of beer, it was right, but for me, the flavors didn't quite – play out the way I was I, I
0: agree with you. this was my least favorite beer of the day that we had there and and I kind of like belgians in in general but there was some something about the mid taste you know I mean it was a fairly clean finish but there were, it was like an odd off putting like uh like a malt that they used or something I, I I don't know what brought the flavor out but there was something yeah. sort of you know mid palate that just didn't didn't cut it for me um you know and like you said they had that nose of sort of like um it reminded me of like and, and of a fruitcake, you know, yeah, okay, sort of almost in the worst sense of a fruitcake, right? Because it, it had that sort of sweet raisiny plum, uh, date type of smell that, you know, we couldn't quite put our finger on it. We both went back and forth and, you know, we, we decided sort of plum raisin, but date was another word that came to me later that I thought of that maybe it kind of had, you know, there was something definitely sweet on the front end of that. And then there was something about that mid taste that just didn't didn't quite sit right It was just a little unbalanced and it wasn't because you know that they they had you know too much of this or that it was just it was just the basic flavor favorite profile didn't didn't yeah. work for me uh um, yeah i ended and, up giving i i did what you did last week i kind of i kind of uh cheated and didn't give it a, a a full point or a half point i went to a three-quarter point i gave it a
1: 2.75 okay and i was a little lower to two and a half um right. You know, when you said fruitcake right now, that's really I think that hit me. Um, Isn't it? That's it. It it, it is. And, mm-hmm. and it's just not a flavor profile that I enjoy. Um mm-hmm. having said that though, they still craftsman wise, it was still a beer, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't the it wasn't the the, the juice type. Like we're, it could have been places where they calling it a fruit beer, but it really just tastes like juice. Right. This one you could tell it was a beer. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't care for the. Well, and blend this one didn't even talk about having any fruit infused in it. If they did, they didn't
0: list it in anything. So uh, on maybe, their
1: website, it actually it yeah. actually has a raisin and plum and banana and clove as sort of being some of the the. Yeah, they're the saying
0: sweet malt aromatics that that will. Yeah. You know, and and I I get the sort of the caramely raisiny plum. I don't know about the banana or the clove in my sense, but yeah. But but it, you know that doesn't mean that they necessarily put those flavors in. They're saying that's just what was expressed from the malts. Um, but maybe they did put those in i don't know it's not you know it's not always clear and quite frankly a lot of the brewers aren't going to tell you specifically um but yeah. usually if they're infusing something in there like that they'll put it you know they'll they'll tell you up front saying hey you know this is you know english pale with earl grey i mean it's you know they, yeah. they'll they'll say that um but yeah this just to me was the least balanced of their beers again not a bad beer for what it was it just wasn't to me the best of what they uh what they had to offer
1: yeah. You know. Now the last the last beer we had was yeah. their chocolate vanilla espresso stout.
0: And, <laughs> and it, I remember joking, it's like anything with four names is getting a little complex for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and my, one yeah. of my comments that I wrote to myself was that you can really only taste the espresso. So why would you even call it a chocolate vanilla anything? Because
0: that right. espresso
1: was flavor forward in your face. It was coffee.
0: It was. It was. And if you like a, a coffee infused drink, uh, this, you know, they said they've done this with something other than espresso. They've used different coffees. And this yeah. time they had espresso. Well, espresso is a very strong taste and it overwhelmed the vanilla and the chocolate. So this, you know, if, if I were to name this, I just call it in a, an espresso stout because, yeah, you know, I mean, in, in their description on their website talks about, you know, cacao and chicory root and freeze-dried berries and cooked rhubarb and vanilla as sort yeah, of yeah. The, the flavors that and I'm like I didn't get any of that. I got I got espresso in a stout. You know, it was a coffee so, stout and that said I didn't dislike it.
1: <laughs> no, you you actually I think you you made some comments to me that that were mm-hmm. I think quite quite yeah. com- quite, quite positive on terms of this beer. Right. I for me this was one I really struggled with. I this was my lowest I think
0: yeah I actually scored this relatively high. I thought that um you know again the vanilla and and chocolate were lost on me but it but the but the flavor so 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 your expectations were set a little weird because you know yeah. if you're th- if you're expecting sort of a, a chocolate vanilla espresso blend of you know aromatics and, no no, no, what you got was coffee in your beer um and uh but you know I like coffee and I like beer. And, you know, for me, it worked pretty well. I ended up giving it a 3.5 and and uh, it, it even was leaning towards a 4 because it finished pretty clean for me. I didn't feel like there was a, any, you know, weird aftertaste or anything. It was balanced for what it was. I just didn't get the flavors that they implied were going to be there. Um, but the flavors that
1: were there, I liked. So I gave them a 2.5, and I'll be honest, as mm-hmm. I thought about it, I might have even gone down to a 2. Um, right. One of the issues I had, and I expressed it to you when we were there— was that I felt like that, that because the espresso flavor was so strong, it seemed to me like they had maybe tried to water it down a little bit to reduce that coffee flavor. Mm-hmm. And that changed something for me in the mouthfeel. It felt like it was watered down to and, and it just it it just I felt like maybe they were trying too hard. And, and as as mm-hmm. as skillful as they were on all of these other really interesting beers, I felt like on this one it was overworked, something hadn't gone right, that that they were trying to fix something. And I, I was not a fan. I, I mm-hmm. just, you know, two and a half, maybe a two. I just, I yeah. struggled with this one. I struggled. And this was a very dark right. beer as oh, well. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you could hold really... this up to a light and you weren't going to see through it. This was no. a this was a dark beer. Um, and I mean, you know, it's a stout. It's what you expect with a stout. I, like I said, yeah. I mean, I, I respectfully disagreed on this one. To me, it was uh, good for what it was. I think it was somewhat misnamed, you know, is maybe what they put into it excuse me but um but it wasn't you know what i tasted in in the in the actual tasting but what i tasted i liked and so uh
1: so, you know where you were two and a half leaning towards two i was three and a half leaning towards four yeah you know it's funny too um as we've been doing more and more of these you know this is episode number what 11 um mm-hmm. we've we've seen lots of places that do coffee in their beer Mm-hmm. And uh, the week prior to this, we were at a place that did a really good job with coffee and the beer, uh-huh. and Kona uh, coffee, Kona coffee that was, and it was such a clean flavor. Yeah. Our friends and, over at Packing House, yeah, you know, just like and, our friends here at Storytellers, yeah. And so I, I think I, yeah. I had that very recent beer memory, and this one just mm-hmm. fell short for me. And so yeah. there was a whole bunch of things going on for me with this beer. You know, they didn't meet the the chocolate vanilla part. It was just coffee 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 right uh, it, it just yeah just I, I hear where you're has, coming from and yeah. and
0: to me this was clearly an espresso taste as opposed to the other one had kona coffee and kona yeah, coffee yeah, yeah. has a very distinct flavor and that's actually what i what i drink as my coffee in the morning is a kona 100 percent kona coffee and it is it is you know it has a unique flavor and taste profile to it and they captured it perfectly uh you yep. know in that other beer here it was espresso and it came across as espresso Uh, you know, and, and so again, I just, I thought it was a a good uh, example of what it was. I think that they just, they, they need to drop the whole chocolate vanilla from the name, but uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I think both of us, uh, you know, have have valid points to make on that.
1: Um, Yeah. you know. So there are some beers we did not try. And I just want to mention Mm -hmm. to our listeners that they had a a unique thing that you don't see in a lot of places. They particularly, picked a particular style a Berliner Weisse style mm-hmm. of beer and they they created the base beer and then they created a variety of different yeah, four different expressions of it, with different, yeah with different fruits and different different little techniques that they did and um yeah it would be fun to go back and and just do those beers and you know sort of t- look at how right. they do that because I, I again this place tends to be more experimental than a lot of places we go right. to and i thought this was a really interesting sort of Right. Idea. Given their touch them. and
0: their subtlety uh, of yeah. blending flavors, this is actually a neat experiment. And you almost imagine this is something that they do in really small batches, just as they're creating stuff to see what they like and don't like, right? And so this yep. one they decided to share, uh, and so you know they threw it out there, which is interesting because they actually even have a section on their on their menu uh, at the end where they literally have a section they call experimental. And yes. so it's them playing around with stuff which by definition means there's not a whole lot of this and it may not be back but if you like it here it is. And so uh one of them was a hard seltzer, a pineberry seltzer. Um I you know pineberry I is that like a uh, yeah. uh um a pinon nut? Is that what they're selling? about a pineberry? It says
1: Straw- strawberry meets pineapple todd.
0: Yeah, that doesn't sound like a a pineberry. So pineberry is Pineapple berry,
1: right? That's it's, wh- that's, it's a yeah. strawberry, but it's white with red seeds. Is is right. what their description says.
0: Yeah, it's like okie dokie. <laughs> right? I'm not a huge seltzer fan, so when we didn't try this, but hey, if it's something you like, it's interesting that they put that up there as an experimental thing. See what you think. Give them some feedback. The other one yeah. they had up is something that they called uh, she's so Ray- rattler. She's rattler. so rattler, and it's a, it's a a shandy, which is like a lemonade and beer kind of or or malted liquor. Mix, yes. Right, um, and very light ABV. This is a kind of a summer drink for those. You know, shandies were real popular a couple years back. Um, yep. They were like you know summer beer, uh, and it's like half lemonade, half beer kind of thing. Um, you know, and usually if they're going to mix it, like I said, it's it's a malted um, backbone or a um, or a very light beer. You know, it's not a beer that's going to have strong flavor because it's basically you know kind of creating a a hard lemonade. But yes, you know. Um, so anyway, it's interesting to see that they they uh you know, they experiment with these things. And we talked about the Peach IPA that we got by accident that we're both pleasantly surprised with. Um there was one other one in that B-sides brew team section that they talked about called a Wagon Wheel Wheat Pale Ale. And you're kind of a wheat guy, so that's another one that we could maybe, you know, go yeah. back and give a try sometime. Again, assuming that they still have it because they move through stuff. So if you like the things that you've heard, you might want to get over there and give it a try fairly quickly. Um, because there's no guarantee that any of the things that are on the menu will be there in a month. Um, although, you know, as we said, they are a business and if they know something selling well, they'll probably make some more of it. So,
1: right. Well, it was a very interesting experience and they've got a mm-hmm. lot of, of, of choices for, uh, the beer enthusiast. Um, mm-hmm. and so I would encourage folks to go check them out. Yeah. And then of course, you know, we started the show talking about the food and we certainly ended our experience eating some really good food. So yeah. that yeah. B side, um, or I'm sorry, or bees rolling barbecue. Barbecue. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: By the way too, yeah. it is autumn in, in the Southland now. If you're gonna go out to one of these places in the evenings, bring a jacket. <laughs>
1: right? You'll
0: you'll appreciate the fact that you brought a jacket later if you bring a jacket. So I'm just saying up front, bring a jacket.
1: <laughs> Definitely bring a jacket. Uh huh. Yeah.
0: So um so yeah, the the barbecue was great and that's when we sat down and had our barbecue and uh uh, we actually ordered the barbecue, and then we ended up eating it over at the other place because we then went over there and tried some of their beers. And so, we'll we're, about we're, that. where's our
1: where's our next episode going to be? Todd? So, After our
0: next episode. episode will be at um, Skyland Brewery, which is across the parking lot from where we were. Over at Storytellers, and so we'll, um, you know, probably talk about that food again that we ate with the, with their <laughs> beer, and then and then the food truck that they had there, which was getting rave reviews from a lot of people. So, um, yeah, if you want to hear about our experiences over there, then um, you know, please come back to us here. Um, you know, if you've enjoyed this podcast, we also recommend that you check out our sister podcasts, Two Minute Tech and Generation Tech. They're all brought to you by the Shack
1: Outback Studio. I'm Todd Brinker. And I'm Tobin Bricker, and I'd like to thank you for listening, and remember to subscribe to our Two for Brew podcast. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.
0: Two for Brew! That's how I like my beer. Here with you, that makes it Two for Brew too for brew! That's how I like
1: my beer. Here with you!
0: That is it, too-for-brew.